Case File, The Halderson Murders, July 1st, 2021, Windsor, Wisconsin, USA. The crime, murder. The victims, 53-year-old Krista Halderson, 50-year-old Bart Halderson. The perpetrator, 23-year-old Chandler Halderson. We've all had, shall we say, differences with our parents growing up, especially in the rebel years of being a young team pumped up on hormones. Maybe you fantasized about using your dad as a punching bag. Or perhaps, in a rage, you kicked in his hubcaps on his green 74 Chevy Impala. <clears throat> but did you ever even remotely come close to wanting to kill your parents? Me neither. Well, like many Americans his age, 23-year-old Chandler Halderson spent the past year or so living at home with his parents. His father, Bart Halderson, and his mother, Krista Halderson, believed he was working remotely for a Wisconsin insurance company while finishing up his community college coursework from his room, according to authorities. His life appeared poised to head in a more promising direction, especially after Halderson announced in June that he'd been hired by Elon Musk's SpaceX and would be moving to Florida later that month. His girlfriend, Kat Melander, planned to go with him. He told her he'd already rented an apartment and bought a car. His folks were stoked. Junior was finally taking flight. Or was he? The problem, authorities say, is it was all a load of BS. According to prosecutors, not only was Halderson not on board at SpaceX, he also wasn't attending any classes online or otherwise. He was hanging out in his room playing Fortnite all day, waking up early for meetings that didn't exist so that his accountant father, who was also working remotely during the COVID-19 pandemic, would not suspect the ruse. Then, when his dad Bart discovered the truth about his son's fake life, prosecutors say Halderson shot him to death and then killed his mom when she got home a few hours later. Halderson then dismembered their bodies, scattered their remains around southern Wisconsin, and reported them missing almost a week later, after he claimed they failed to return from a 4th of July weekend trip to their cabin in northern Wisconsin. In addition to murder, he faced charges of mutilating a corpse, hiding a corpse, and providing false information about a missing person, or persons, as it were. Halderson pleaded not guilty to all charges. The defense says he didn't do it. Of course they did, and described him in their opening statement as a, quote, normal kid who enjoyed video games, playing with his dogs, and spending time with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Normal kids don't murder their parents, but innocent until proven guilty, right? Public defender Catherine Dorrell seemed to confirm that Halderson lied about his jobs and schooling, but suggested the deception was not a motive for murder, saying, you're not going to know how Bart and Krista would have reacted to these lies, referring to the state's case. That's never going to be explained to you, how lying turns into murder. She also said it was even possible that Halderson will be convicted of some of the lesser charges he faced. But what evidence do you have of murder, she said. Well, a very good question, Kathy D. Let's dig in a bit here, shall we? In the prosecution's opening statements, 
Dane County Deputy District Attorney William Brown said Halderson spun an amazing web of lies, trying to prop up his claims that he was holding down a job and studying renewable energy engineering, when in truth, he'd flunked out after about one semester. He fabricated dozens of email exchanges between himself and college administrators and even posed as an advisor on a call with his dad using a burner phone he'd purchased. When his accountant father would ask him why he wasn't getting paid by his employer of almost a year, he made up excuses about errors in his salary and direct deposit information, eventually creating a fake paper trail of emails with HR to show his dad. The kid was crafty. At one point, Halderson also lied about being on a police scuba dive team. Well, with pressure mounting from his old man to pay rent, Halderson doubled down. The best way out of your make-believe job is an even more make-believe job. I'm gonna be an astronaut. He told his family and his girlfriend he'd been hired by SpaceX. He and his girlfriend then made plans to move to Florida together. Then, Prosecutor Brown claimed, lacking a current or future job, a pending degree or any money to make the move to Florida, Chandler Halderson stalled. Prosecutors allege he faked a head injury, saying he'd fallen down the stairs and suffered a terrible concussion, which Brown said a doctor will refute during the trial, along with spinal damage and nerve damage that put him in a neck brace and rendered him unable to travel. His girlfriend, Kat Melander, would testify in court that Chandler said he lost the job at SpaceX after a doctor told him he'd have permanent damage from the fall and claimed SpaceX pulled the offer due to him being unable to fly to Florida. She says she tried to help think of other ways to keep that dream alive, including looking up Greyhound bus fares if he couldn't fly. Halderson responded the fares would be too expensive well, why didn't you ask your folks for a lift? Oh, wait, you killed them. Hmm. Hitchhike? Well, around the same time, Halderson's dad, Bart, fed up with all the BS, allegedly finally placed a call to Madison Area Technical College, asking questions about his son's transcript and then discovered that none of the administrators Chandler Halderson had been supposedly emailing even existed. That'll be it then, Bart is heard saying on the recorded customer service call. Busted! Bart Halderson's calendar showed that on July 1st, 2021, the day of the murders, he and Chandler were scheduled to go to MATC for a meeting. That's the Madison Area Technical College. A meeting the prosecution contends was most likely faked. That afternoon, Bart texted Chandler, I'm ready whenever you are. It was Bart's last recorded communication. He would rather kill his parents than come clean on his lies about school and work. Incredible and scary what some will do when the heat is on. So rather than going to the college for the non-existent meeting, Halderson shot his dad with a rifle and killed his mother a short while later when she returned home. Evidence from the medical examiner showed Bart had been shot at least twice, once with the muzzle of his gun touching his back, 
noting gunpowder burns on his skin. He then went about dismembering their bodies, attempted to burn the bodies in their home fireplace. Investigators found remains of a human skull in the Halderson's fireplace, and then scattered their remains on public land, farms, along rivers, in ditches, in trash cans, and God knows where else. The owner of Halderson's girlfriend's family farm said Halderson came by acting strangely sometime after July 1st. He asked if he could swim in their pool, but they soon spotted him out in their field with the hatch of his car open. They also noted seeing vultures flying above the area. Well, that's where police later discovered Bart Halderson's torso, along with saw blades, scissors, tree loppers, and a tarp covered with Bart's and Krista Halderson's blood. Prosecutor Brown also said cops found the murder weapon in the barn on the property, an SKS rifle that had been given to Chandler Halderson by one of his online friends. Here's more to the timeline of the murders. In the early evening of July 1st, after allegedly murdering his parents, Chandler Halderson wrote a list using the Notes app on his phone. It included hydrogen peroxide, lemon, and the directives, clean floor, and get a job. On July 2nd, the day after the murders, Chandler and his girlfriend Melander had plans to meet at the Halderson home, but Chandler sent a message to Melander the morning of July 2nd telling her not to hurry because he had a lot of chores to do. Yeah, I think we know what those were. Halderson didn't say what the chores were, but referenced them multiple times over that weekend, even saying that Melander couldn't stay the night on July 2nd because of those damn chores. She thought that was unusual, because she had assumed that she would stay the entire weekend while his parents were away. Just after noon on July 2nd, Halderson asked Melander if she could bring over a bottle of hydrogen peroxide and a mop, along with some groceries. Halderson told Melander he needed the peroxide because he had stepped on glass when one of the panes on the fireplace broke while he was playing with the family's dogs. This guy was spinning the biggest web ever. How was he going to explain away a non-existent cut on his foot? Hydrogen peroxide, by the way, can be used to clean blood. On July 3rd, the two made separate plans, with Halderson saying he had to work on those chores again. Well, being the untrusting sleuth, girlfriend, Melander, while on Snapchat, captured a screenshot of Halderson's location. It was in a wooded area by the Wisconsin River. Later, police went there and found Krista Halderson's disembodied legs. Good God. The stuff a cop can never unsee. Then, to celebrate the nation's birthday on the 4th of July, Chandler Halderson took a day off from the chores to join Melander and others at her mother's place for a barbecue and fireworks. What was going through his mind, I wonder? On July 5th, Halderson, playing hard to get once again, told Melander that he had a doctor's appointment to follow up on his head and neck injury at the UW Health Clinic. Later, he said the doctors did an X-ray and a CT scan, and he claimed that he would have lifelong leg numbness, and it would cost him the SpaceX job. 
sad. Imagine the possibilities if it had worked out, Chandler. Deep discounts on a Tesla, flights to Mars, bonuses paid in Dogecoin. Later, when prosecutors checked Halderson's medical records from UW Health, guess what? There was no record of any visit for his head and neck injury beyond the initial ER visit. And then came his court date and a verdict. After roughly two hours of deliberations, a Dane County jury of 12 found Chandler Halderson guilty on all counts for killing his parents Bart and Krista on July 1st at their home in Windsor, Wisconsin. Halderson appeared to show no reaction when the verdict was read. He was convicted on two counts each of first-degree intentional homicide, mutilating a corpse, hiding a corpse, and falsifying information about a missing person. As his sentencing date loomed, Halderson had the audacity to ask the judge to permit him to skip his own sentencing. He didn't want to be present in court when the judge handed down his sentence. Well, it didn't work out for Chandler Halderson. He was made to go to the court and listen to his sentence, which was life without parole. Case closed. You gotta wonder what the home life was like. Were they like constantly writing him, asking him about his job, about school? Did they put a lot of pressure on him as a child? What finally made him snap? Was he a prolific liar his entire life? I'd like to hear from some of his friends. Typically, people who spin those kinds of lies do it their entire life. They get very good at it. It wasn't specified how he killed his mother, but we can assume it was with great callousness that he killed his father, shooting him at point-blank range in the back. Authorities found body parts all over the place, including in the pond behind the Halderson's home, which they drained after a sniffer dog identified a possible spot. Other incriminating evidence that was disclosed later was Bart and Krista's cell phones that they found in their home inside a shoe, hidden underneath a shelving unit, and wrapped in tinfoil. I guess that was intended to block any sort of cell phone reception, but if the phone is switched off, it's not going to give off any signal. Maybe he was trying to hide it from a sniffer dog. Maybe the shoe was really stinky. God only knows. A sad, sad tale and a lot of unanswered questions. Well, thank you very much for joining me here on the Homicide Inc. podcast. If you have a compelling true crime story you'd like me to consider investigating, please send me an email. And if you'd like to help support the production of the Homicide Inc. podcast, you can always buy us a cup of coffee. Those details are also in the description and on the Homicide Inc. website where you can hear all the podcasts your contributions are hugely appreciated. And be sure and check out our Patreon campaign for exclusive homiciding podcasts that are available first to patrons. That information is in the description of this podcast. Until the next episode of the Homiciding Podcast, ciao for now. <laughs>